0: Hello, everyone. It's Black Box episode 30. You are joined by myself, Az, and Mr. Mark Southerns.
1: How are you, Mark? I'm very good. I had my vaccine last night. I was very lucky to be one of the the first uh, few around these parts to have mine. But as the hours roll by, I'm feeling a bit more delirious uh, as we go. The side effects, I think, are beginning to kick in. So... Um, yeah, let's see what I'm talking and babbling about by the end of the show. God, if shall you
0: I? collapse halfway through the stream, that's not going to do much for yeah, our absolutely. ratings. And I don't no, think no,
1: it's not. What I don't understand is that I'm younger than you, right? But how come I've had the vaccine? You? <laughs> don't don't. I can't believe that. Someone said, "Oh, I thought
0: you thought you were in your late 30s. I was like, "Okay, you think I'm in my late 30s. What that means, you think Mark's in
1: his early thirties? Unbelievable! <laughs> it's like uh, just to explain, I I called this episode "Harry's Game," which is a seventies drama. And An old song by a band called Clanad, who are like a folky Welsh band. And I said, and as didn't have a clue what I was talking about, I said, Oh, I think a few out there, the oldest will get it. Hence, I said, um, Showing my age with the title. And people said, Oh, I thought you were the younger one. I'm no, really
0: brilliant. Well, actually, you say it was actually two separate people that said that they what thought was I was, I was a. Uh... I was older than you. <laughs> it took me
1: ages to create those Tuna accounts. It was uh, yeah, not, I'm not very good at IT. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the highlight of my day. So that cheered me up when I was feeling grotty earlier. But um, you must be happy. I mean, your game week. Wow. Well done, Naz. Well done. We're going to talk about it a lot tonight. Uh, Mr. Template, though, you know, you're going to get some stick from me.
0: I, yeah, I deserve it, you know. And, and I'll, I'll I'll talk a bit more about that when when it comes to the same. i will going to too much detail now. But. In the end, I just picked a team of players I thought would do well, and it was a week for the template, wasn't it? Because all the, you know, you look at all the top 10k and all the the wild cards, they all had similar guys in, and they all they all seemed to score. So, I'm nicely set up, had a good week, and I'm pushing for the top 100k now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're going to look at uh, look at your team. We're going to look at our game weeks. Um, what else are we doing tonight, as I've forgotten already? See, it's the vaccine kicking in.
0: Well, Mister Ben Crellin tweeted something interesting earlier, which could have ramifications for the end of the season. I suspect it won't, but it's worth just making people aware of um, there's some fixtures being moved and it's, it's kind of whether the FPL system can cope with with that or whether there's going to need to be a couple of a big double game week and a, and a blank game week. Um, we've got Team Day to talk about, Spurs, we're going to be talking about a lot because obviously they've got a the double game week coming out, so defence and attack, uh, player data, some players emerging now, Greenwood, Pereira, Havertz, Lacazette. Differentials, as if you heard of differentials. these. These
1: are players that aren't template players, as right. And why? Why would we go for them? Well, because you're not slaves to effective ownership. This is the man who single-handedly started the beef about effective ownership, then quietly walked away while the whole internet argued about it, and then he goes and picks a template. Welfare. My
0: my favorite tweet was. um was someone who just said, "I think Az has tricked us into getting crap players so that he can he can, yeah. he can get in a good team." He's, it's like, that's what yeah, you've done yeah, to like me. That. I've
1: taken two risks with my captains, which we're going to look at. later. <laughs> oh, that's really helped, has not it? That's, that mind me one games. Bit. I know. I I've feel, learned from the best. Learned I know. From I, I feel like I've been subject to mind games. I really do. If I didn't know any better, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, we're going to look at Spurs. We're going to look at Bruno as well. Is it time to get off Bruno? He was. He's like. Well, he is the most owned player in the mm. game still. Um, and he, we revealed him as the the true King Heavy hitter over Salah even um, a few episodes back. Um, now, you know, maybe 10 episodes on, we're kind of going, hmm, does he look so attractive? So we're going to look at him also as very exciting. Remind me, because I could be delirious by the end of the show. We are announcing, <laughs> We are announcing something that we've been wanting to announce for weeks, but been keeping under our hats, haven't we?
0: Yeah, or well, don't build it up too much. Everyone's going to go, oh, is that it? Mm. No, it's exciting, I think. It should be um, a fun little addition mm. uh, to, to what we do next year. And it should be, as a as a researcher, I'm interested in this kind of stuff. So I won't say too much. You have to stay to the end if yeah. you want to hear about it. But we will be announcing it a bit
1: later on, yeah. Yeah, indeed. Um, so should we um, kick off by looking at uh, your team, at your wildcard team? 77 points. Very well played indeed, As Talk yeah, thank through. you
0: very much. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was. Um, like I said, the the kind of the, the core of the team was I found really easy to to put together. There wasn't too many decisions being made. The the, the shuffling around I did was mostly in in defence. Uh, I'm actually quite happy what I what I ended up with. Uh, Mendy was very very boring. Very oh, boring.
1: Incredibly boring.
0: I was between him, Schmeichel, and and Patricio, and I think I. I it was just it was I wanted to I wanted to have the Chelsea double up and I thought it would just give me a bit more flexibility in defence. Uh but yeah it was it was it was very dull. Rob holding though, eight points. I was very happy with that. Um just from listening, my team that I ended up with was Mendy, Trent Rudiger holding, Salah Captain, Fernandez, Son, trying not to fall asleep, Jota, Lingard, Kane, Ian Accio, and then on the bench, Cody, Regulon, and Davis. I mean, it I'm not trying to pull the wall over anyone's eyes, it is the most template team. Well,
1: I can tell you how template it is because look at this. Look at this. Look, this is the, <laughs> the top 10K wildcard template. And basically, you have got... How many of these players have you got? You've got Forster, Mendy, Rudiger, Trent, Holding, Cody, Jota, Fernandes, Salah, Lingard, Son, Kane, Inaccia. In- In- There's only two of those players you haven't got.
0: I because I couldn't afford Vidra. Yeah.
1: Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> you have to go Keenan Davis. I'm not going to start that because that, that ruined another one of the best podcast of last week so <laughs> don't want to be bringing Keenan Dana's topic up but yes um yeah it couldn't be more template and I and I put your you know you can put your your team into livefpl.net which is where this is from by the way agaball is a wonderful site and you can get a template rating I've got 60 which is moderately template and I, I thought well, I'm going to put Aziz in expecting FBL live, no, live FBL don't to come back with. Are you sure? Are you sure? Like we're one hundred and one percent incredible. You are the template, and it came back with seventy four percent and moderately template. Mm. How can you be moderately template? I just yeah, but you
0: well, it was it, it's moderately template because I think people and like I've talked to you, mm. people put up. I I've always felt people put too much stock in what people are doing. I mean, these are the, this is the top 10k most owned players in wildcards. It's not yep. the top 10k most owned players.
1: No, no, no. Very so true. the likes
0: of Ianacho, Lingard, Yotta, Double Chelsea defense, like getting a Wolves defender in, Salah coming back and, and being an option. A lot of people don't have these. Don't have a lot of these players. And it was obvious like when I got 77 points, my, I mean, my rank, I went up a hundred thousand places with the most template team that everyone was talking about, you know, like ridiculed for how template it was. Not like I went up a thousand places. I'm still climbing the ranks with, with these guys. Ian Accio and Lingard are still, if they do well and you've got them in your team, they are still a significant like boost to your, to your rank. So having the combination of them, it's all about combinations of, of players. That's the real kind of differential key. The one thing I will say that I was disappointed with myself, but ultimately was a good result was I did promise you that I wasn't going to have some, and the only yeah. reason, yeah. the only reason I kept Son was just because I could not pick another option. Do you know what? B- about pretty, pretty soon before the deadline, I had Pepe in my team. You got an assist. Yeah, you? but I just thought, what am I doing? I know I'm going to want the well, Son. I know it's a double game week. You're playing
1: a bit interestingly. That's what you're doing. But yeah, you but decided then I got to. But then Son got a goal, and it was the right decision. It, mm. this this it yeah. It's um. It is funny oh. right like when you play the template and it does really well you kind of go hmm, why don't i just do that all the time that's the trouble and then you don't you won't do that you're not that kind of player i'm i'm teasing you a bit and and also what's interesting is if you look at raccabolli's data in the table below 26.3% of the top 10k played their wildcard and the average score was 63 so even though you've got nine of the template you got 77 where the average was 63 mm. so you, you did go. do better by having perhaps that many. Um, that was, yeah. it was a combination, like you say.
0: Yeah, and it's it, you know it's not like I don't think there's other options that that people could go for. Like I, I think you know people mentioning the chat, like Madison um, Havertz was an option. Like of course, of course there are players that you can get in and you know and, and take a bit of risk on. It's just I didn't. I, I just felt that the players I had were just such good picks that to go against them wouldn't have been sensible. It would have been it would have been kind of trying to be too clever. Yeah, And I think the Fernandez talk we're going to have later is really interesting because when I'm looking for advantages and I'm looking for ways to kind of, you know, tactically get in differentials, he's the biggest one of the lot and he isn't justifying his place in the side. So I've got a lot of cash tied up in him, but it's going to be really interesting to talk about him because he's someone right. that I could end up okay. losing.
1: Well, I'll engage with you on that. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, it, it, it is interesting that uh, you did so well with, with such a template scene. but We'll see if you you promise to shake it up with Son. We'll we'll see if you do in the weeks to come. But you won't be in any hurry after that result, which is which is fair enough.
0: Oh, it, it'll go it'll go for the blank. You know, I right. I, I know yeah. he's got Chevy's night coming, but I've got I've got a few a few guys lined up next week, okay. and I'll have two transfers as well. So yeah,
1: sure. Um, so I got sixty two, which at one point I was very happy with because it's a green arrow. I went up like twenty odd percent from six and a bit to four point nine. So I'm. Oh, yeah, decent. I'm happy, but then what you did the, you dig in? Well, then, then there was a chain of events which culminated in Calvert Lewin missing Monday's game. Now that was automatically a blow because I had him left to play, and that would have bumped me up a bit more, even with the two points. Obviously, he was going to put Brighton to the sword because they're so weak in the air <laughs> that he would have gotten at least a brace. <laughs> but it didn't happen. Um, and what happened then was I realised that that if I'd have kept my original team. I would have had four (laughs) players absent. I would have had Pope absent, Diaz absent, Calvert-Lewin absent, and Alonso absent. And that would have meant that even though Dallas was third on my bench in that team, he would have come on. And, you know, I did okay this game week. I mean, like I had Acho and Holding, who were two players I brought in on the wildcard, who combined to get me 21 points. But when you look at the players I had in my previous team, which was Son, and of course, Dallas, they combined to get more than that. And also, the one transfer I did make before I played the wild card the night before was Creswell out to Trent. So I didn't even get Trent in the wild card, really. I can't even convince myself he no. was a wild card pick. So overall, my old team, had I not played the wild card, got 73. And then, of course, I would have the wild card in my pocket. I'd have had Son in my team. So I'd have had an extra. Trent. I know it's pretty bad, isn't it? It's pretty bad.
0: I didn't think you'd do it. Not based on I, I said to you at the end of last episode. I didn't think I didn't think you'd pull the trigger. I, I genuinely was surprised when I saw that you'd done. It. I'm not saying it was a it was a bad decision because I, I think Sterling was a bad decision, and I told you that last week. Yeah, but. I don't blame you for 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 the, doing the work on itself, but Sterling.
1: The thing is, I looked. To, burnt again. I, th- I looked at that City game and thought someone in that game will do well. It uh, didn't really. I mean, Torres probably did the best, and he was probably someone that Luke looked at. Um, then he changed it to Sterling as well, didn't he? Um, Sterling had the chance to score. He had a very good chance laid on in the first yep, half. That sounds like Sterling, which Fernandino laid onto him on the penalty spot more or less, and he just screwed it wide, and it was a finish of someone with no confidence uh, mm. showed a lack of composure it showed traits that we've seen from Sterling before traits that I'd hoped wouldn't come to bear in that match i just i knew of course people will say well of course he's not on form what did you expect and i know but i just hoped that he would mm. hit the target once and that Salah wouldn't return and that would just give me the edge and it just i wanted someone in that game because i thought there would be a it would be a decent game with a lot of goals when Leeds had the player sent off, when Leeds had Cooper sent off, I know. That kind of changed the complexion completely. And that Leeds suddenly became a rear guard action team, which we've not mm. seen them do all season. And they did it bloody well, didn't they? Let's face it.
0: Well, and the thing is City didn't have the, the best players on the pitch and, no. and, and couldn't break them down, which was something that I think we we maybe underplayed a little bit last week was just how much that, that kind of rotation not just has on our own fantasy options, but just on the the team in general and, and the amount of goals they're probably going to score and the amount of goals they're probably going to concede. I just think overall, City are just, a, a you know, City at their strongest are the best team in the league by far. The kind of rotation, protect all the players, City, I, I don't know if they're in the same bracket.
1: Mm. I mean, the thing is, like, had I got Dallas off my bench in my original team, I would have not heard the last of it from Granville and from yourself. Granville
0: would have blocked you, I think, yeah. if you'd got if you'd got full Dallas points. Oh yeah, off there, the there'd bench. be a yeah. court
1: order out against me and stuff like that. I, mean, I think
0: I'd have been tempted to. Yeah, that.
1: it would have been pretty nasty. So I mean, in a way, I'm I'm <laughs> kind of glad that I don't have to rely on that kind of that bench, whatever you call it, um, kind of phenomenon. But I yeah, it was um, it is what it is. I've got to move on. I have got the team set up. People were. And it's funny as so well. Twitter. Pe- people knock Twitter, but whenever I, I went on. Saturday night I think was, or Monday night and said oh that's it I could have done better if I hadn't played the wild card and people were reassuring me saying oh don't worry mate you've set your team up and I was like it's okay I'm not I'm not <laughs> you know really upset about it and I think it's nice people do
0: they see think, what you're like on these streams Mark like, or they you know, know that I'm passionate worrying they worry for your health
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's nice. It's good that the community does care that much about mm. me and other managers, I hope, that when they see people going or, you know, apparently wringing their hands at a decision they made, there's a lot of people who come in and reassure you, which is really nice. And I think we don't credit the community enough for that kind of thing. I think good. I think
0: this year has been particularly better for that than, than I've seen in, in previous years. You know, more people talking about bad game weeks, more people sort of laughing about but poor decisions they've made less kind of you know there's still always that you know the people who only celebrate their successes and stuff but i think you know there has been a, a, a particularly in the last few months i've noticed a bit more of a kind of camaraderie around around mm. this kind of stuff which is which is good to see yeah
1: yeah no it absolutely is. so my team my wild team is mendy holden trent rudiger Sterling, who was my captain for four points. Lingard, who we won't go on about again, but all a genius. Oh, uh, Jota, God, he's so good. Fernandes, so Kane, Iñacho, uh, And then my bench ended up being Alonso, who didn't play. Calvert-Luna didn't play. And uh, someone called Stuart Dallas, who is <laughs> uh, meant to be quite good. He got 17 points and he's the top-ranking defender. Yes. And Sanchez. you kept Sanchez's him. Well... I can't believe you kept him um, no, just to I, add it, that insult. It was a good move to keep him because I want him for the, the run in because I've got the last four or five look pretty decent. So mm. I mean, he wasn't a player I was comfortable getting rid of. And that's what made it. I mean, I guess my wild card was only eight players changed, one of which was Trent. So it's really only seven players out of the 15 changed. So it was kind of like not a mini wildcard, but kind of one up from that. And so, you know, I didn't change too much. And that that I think was because I was fearful of Alonzo hurting me um, of Calvert-Lewin hurting me. And as it turned out, both of those players didn't play. So, yeah, uh, it's them's the breaks, aren't they? Yeah. Um, let's look at great in the good league just briefly, um, because I am still behind Fabio, but only by three points. He got a rise of 1451. I got a rise of 1422. So <laughs> we're kind of neck and neck. I'm just got to oh, get the um, points back on him. something yep.
0: interesting. Someone on in the chat pointed out. Mm. How's this, right? Your rank... You stick a one at the front and a one at the end, and it's my rank. Oh, yeah.
1: What are the odds of that? What a weird phenomenon. or know. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> um, you pulled away, though. Well done. You're in almost a comfort mid-table. You're almost Crystal Palace, aren't you?
0: Yeah. I, 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 I <laughs> my die. Da- my dad won't be happy with that, <laughs> I with know, that, that comparison. A, I did that <laughs> deliberately. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Mid-table's the target. Um, Matthew Jones is in my sight. not too far behind him. Uh, I mean, if you know, if I can get through this season finishing top hundred I'd, k, I'd probably take that at this point. So, yeah, yeah, think it's all big. about. Um, it's all. I found it's all about sort of realigning your goals. You know, I think people can get upset when they're not ten thousand and they're a million, but I think having a having a sensible target where you want to end up has, has really helped me this season.
1: Yeah, I don't know what to do about my goals at the moment because I've had, um, as you see here now in the bottom table, my captain points over the season have gone down. Well, below yours, I'm on 440, you're on 450. Um, so in recent weeks, I mean, let's look at it. Our last two weeks, um, I've gone Rathena for six points, Sterling for two. And you've gone with the popular captains, Kane for 13, Salah for seven. So what we're showing in the table here, just for podcast listeners, is all my captains in this season, all of is, and then the top choices from the top 10K. Um, and as you've basically matched up with the top 10k's most popular choices. Typical see Mr. Template. I see Typical what you're doing. Um, <laughs> but, what uh, you're doing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've kind of pushed it the last two. And that was a, by design. It wasn't you getting into my head. At least I don't think it was. Um, it was me looking at those game weeks because I played safe with Kane in 29. And then knowing that I had a decent lineup for, for, for 30 and then wildcard in 31. So I'd push in them too. So I've done it and it's failed. Basically, by the tune of, what, seven, 12 points. So yeah. I'm 12 points down by taking some risks with two captains. So now I look at it and go, well, we're going into game week 32. There's no debate on the captaincy, really, if you've got Kane or captain and Kane, right? We are going to look at the captains later, but it is Kane. So I know that my mind's made up what it's made up for me this week. Um, but I am wondering um, whether I should just ch- stick with the popular options. I don't know.
0: Unfortunately, like, like I said to you last week, I, I just can't see any reason why people will go other than Kane or Salah between now and the end of the season. I, I, just, I don't think there's going to be a strong enough option um, that this, that's going to emerge to really challenge that. Just, and, and it's mostly just going to be Salah for me every week because the fixtures are just ridiculous.
1: Um, well, it's such a shame. I've extended the captain matrix now to look at all the game works up to the end. Um, and this is kind of linked to the Bruno discussion as well, um, which we'll get onto later. But yeah, I mean, what, your point is that, you know, gaming at 32, it's Kane, 33, Salah at home to Newcastle. I don't think I can avoid that either. Um, because, you know, Salah's, Salah's stats is showing an improvement. Newcastle are going to probably have to attack and try and get something from every game now that they're playing. They can't go there and be negative. They will try and counter, but... With Sam Maximan and Wilson back, they probably will try and get something from the game. So they'll be mm. fairly open, I think. So for me, the next two weeks, I don't think I can push. I do look ahead and think it's difficult, right? You know, Kane as Sheffield United, We never say that. No. Kane, <laughs> I mean, difficult to try and be different, is what I'm saying. There is one mm. week, the one week I'm looking at. I mean, game week 35, all bets are off because that's likely to be a double game week of some sort and some magnitude.
0: I like the Nacho shout in that, in that week. Yeah. To rival Salah.
1: Yeah, at home to Newcastle. If that if that game week stayed the same, then yeah, Ian Atcho at home to Newcastle is an option. Um, I think that Salah at Burnley in 37, you've got plenty of options here. You've got De Bruyne versus Brighton away. You've got Fernandes at home to Fulham, Kane at home to Villa. But you've also got Lingard at West Brom.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: And Rafinha at Southampton. Lingard mm. at West Brom is probably the one that I'm looking at and going, between now and the end of the season, that's where I will try and push if I need Yeah, I like to.
0: that. I like that a lot.
1: Yeah. So that's what I'm kind of doing now. I'm looking ahead and going, right, I've, having tried it for the last two weeks and failed, I think I've, you know, I've said about picking my battles. I think that's what I've got to do. And I think the next two weeks are a given. And then I see where I am, 34, but it probably will be Kane against Sheffield United. I mean, it's Kane at home to Sheffield United. You can't ignore that, can you? No. It's hard, isn't it? So- no, and,
0: and I think, you know, Newcastle, Sheffield United, um, Palace, I think, you know, they're, they're the games that, that I really like the look of. And the Canes, seller have got three of those um, in the next kind of what, seven weeks. So that's three definitely sorted. And then the likes of West Brom, I think they could be down by then. If they're down, then they're, then, you know, game week 36 and 37. I, like, I really like, I mean, you give me a bit of optimism, actually. I like the Nacho in 35. I like yeah. uh, Lingard in 37.
1: Well, so... Look at Lingard's run at the end. Brighton away, easy. Mm. Uh, West <laughs> Brom away and um, Southampton at home. Now, West Brom away isn't an easy fixture really at the moment, but West Brom are attacking. They've got to win games. So that'll be open. And Jesse, yeah. Jesse will love that, won't he? And then he's got Savanton at home and rafina has got West Brom at home on the final day. So there, there are real differentials there if you want to push at the end. So anyone who's yeah. thinking, where can I make up ground? My advice is kind of go with the kind of popular picks for the next few game weeks because there are opportunities to come in the final game weeks. And of course, there's double game weeks to come. We don't know about them yet, but you're right about Ben Krellin's post and, and here it is. It's referring to an article by the Athletic. That was what you were referring to, or have I missed something else? As no, Saturday? this is it.
0: This
1: is it. So I preempted that. Did you know I had done this, or did you just. Yeah, it's in the notes you sent me. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> Revealing our secrets. You actually read the notes. I know. Yeah, well prepared. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So basically, the Athletic are indicating that there is going to be a swap of the uh, fixtures in 37 and 36. Um, and basically, what we need to wait and see now, as Ben says, is whether the FBL deadline schedule will swap with it or whether it will stay still. If it stays still, it's going to have huge implications because then there'd be a massive double in 37 and a massive blank in 36. But
0: if you got your free hit, you're laughing.
1: It's very unlikely, though, isn't it? Do you not think?
0: Well, I mean, the only, the only thing is that they, they did struggle, didn't they, with it during lockdown, moving the the, the deadlines. But do they struggle with this kind of thing where it's kind of would just need to be moved a couple of days onwards? I don't really... I, my sense is that it won't be a huge issue and this won't need to happen, but mm. the Premier League have kind of proved a little bit that this technical side of things can cause problems when when there's big changes. So it's a possibility. It's worth mentioning, but I, I don't think it's it's, it's going to happen. I mean, you're in charge anyway, Mark, aren't you? Yeah, I know. So-
1: I... Yeah, and, and I and <laughs> what, do you, thing, what do
0: you want? What suits your team best? That's the question.
1: I, I haven't had time to figure it out yet. When I do, I'll make the call, obviously, and send, send yeah, the good, email yeah. and so on. But <laughs> I, I will have to sit down and work out. I and mean, the thing is, when I, I look at Ben Crellin's timeline, and you almost need, uh, you know, a degree in, in maths and, and and philosophy to kind of work out what's going on because there's so many kind of variations and and and, and configurations of what could happen. That even Ben is struggling to explain mm. it. So every time we feature stuff from Ben at the moment, it's it's not us going into detail about it because it's very difficult to explain. But the, he's suggesting that by the end of game week 33's deadline or leading up to it, we'll know we'll have clarity on what's going on. So fingers crossed for that, and then we can go into a bit more depth. Well just
0: just one question: if you if you've still got your wild card or your free hit, and you were thinking of playing it, you know this week or next week when there's the blank. Would you hold off for this if you had that? Or would you Would you say, I, I, I don't think it will happen. So I, I don't know if I'd make decisions off the back of it. But it's worth thinking about. If it, if, it, if it did come to kind of this this eventuality and you did have the wild card or the free hit, you'd be in such a strong position for the final well, couple of I think
1: I'd save the free hit, right? Because you're going to save that until the blank in 33 anyway, right? And we'll know by then maybe, right? So you don't play the free hit now. Wild card, I think the problem with holding the wild card back is you're running out of game weeks where the wild card can have an effect effect for you. Mm. And that's why I played it this week. Because I, you know, I, hand on heart, I look, if I was playing it this week, would I pick a team much different to the one I picked last week? Probably not. Because, you know, players like Ian Accio did well. Lingard's still doing well. I'd want Son and Kane who I'm going to end up with. So, That's why I played it when I did, because I thought there's no point in holding on to it. I don't think the landscape's going to change too much. Well, you targeted the
0: fixtures till the end of the season. That's the thing with it, isn't it? There's there's not going to be another big fixture swing because we're near the end.
1: No, the the, the, the big swing is the double, right? We're not going to know about that. So there's no point in sitting and waiting for something, because by then, you know, Game Week 35, you've only got four Game Weeks for it to actually have an impact. And I don't think, I mean, Ben put together some scenarios for Game Week 35, and looking at those scenarios, I won't go into them here, I think most of us are going to have quite a few players who have doubles anyway. We're not going to need the wild card to build for that. The only issue would be if you've still got the bench boost and your wild card in thirty four, and your bench boost in thirty five, then yep. then it's worth saving, I guess, for that very reason. So many many variations. We don't know enough yet, so um, let's stick to what we do know, which is some data on some data. Teams. Yeah. So I, what I've done is quite. So we won't go into too much detail here. But I just wanted to highlight Spurs' position because obviously they've got the two fixtures this game week. They've got Everton and Southampton. um, So they're the teams that I've highlighted here. And it's quite surprising the defences we're talking about. Tottenham are mid-table. So they've really kind of struggled to hit the higher echelons um, in terms of minutes per expected goal conceded. They're right mid-table. Every 69.4 minutes, they've conceded um, XG or, or... warranted an XG award um, conceding the chance every 7.2 minutes and then you look at Everton and Stanton and they're below them so very average defences on show when you look at the season data when you go down to the last four matches Spurs and Stanton are even worse so Mm. immediately this makes me think that the Spurs defence we know this already from watching matches anecdotally isn't one you can trust at the moment Despite Marino's negative tactics, they're not a defence that you can invest in and be sure of. Mm.
0: Do you see the stat about Loris today? Uh, how he is over the last kind of three or four seasons, he's he's saved Spurs the most points of any goalkeeper for right. their teams. So he's he's like statistically the best goalkeeper over the last few years. He still has mistakes in him, obviously, mm. but it does make me wonder where they would be without him because defensively, they're just all over the place. Like the Doherty, Aurier thing just isn't working. I don't think either of them has any trust. I don't think Mourinho trusts any of them anymore. I think he he put a lot of trust in Dyer, who I think has let him down considerably. Sanchez hasn't improved. Doesn't, you know, he's, I've got a friend who's a big Spurs fan and he says, Sanchez has all the, all the like materials to be like a world-class defender, but just doesn't seem to be improving. Mm. Still making mistakes, still, um, you know, not not doing the kind of basic things right. Um, you look at the left. You, I mean, Regulon it was was a great signing for them, but has no real competition with Davies, who doesn't offer anywhere near what he does. And Regulon's been in and out of the team, and like they're just they're just a bit of a mess. And it's so unlike a Mourinho team to be to be that way. And I just can't see them sorting it out. Mm. I, I don't I don't know who they get, who they would get in the summer to sort that. They need two new centre backs and a new right back. They're not going to get all of that.
1: Yeah. Well, we're going to look at the Spurs data on its own at their players in a sec. But um, yeah, just uh, the other thing to point out from this defensive data is it's very clear that Crystal Palace and Sheffield United are the teams to target for goals at the moment. They are they're being cut adrift in terms of the, the based on the last four matches. And West Brom are still bottom over the season, but they're closing very quickly on on Palace and Sheffield United above them in terms of. <laughs> Um, minutes per xG conceded. Um, so those I two mean, That defenses. is
0: bad, isn't it? That I mean, the the Spurs being down there of the last floor four. Yeah, alongside Southampton, Palace, and Sheffield United, that tells a real story. Yeah. And it was really striking after that Man U game. Did you did you see the interview with Son? Mm. You know, Very like emotional, he was wasn't it? Cry for the whole like the the team. Like Mourinho, he can't. I I, I don't think he can. It, I don't see how he can stay on. That the, everyone just looks looks broken in the side. And, and Son particularly, you know, associates Son with such, like, joy and happiness. And, mm-hmm. you know, always got smart, play, always plays with a smiling face and stuff. And he just looked so miserable. And I, I can't see it suddenly turning around between now and the end of the season. It's, and I think Mourinho was going to be putting a lot of, of stock in that final. But if they don't get that, well, they've, th- had, a, they've had a really bad th- this season. This is
1: where it gets really tricky uh, when it comes to Spurs, because they've got the blank in 33. So not only does that make you cautious about investing in three Spurs players, but the other thing is they play the EFL Cup final three days after the Southampton game. And like you say, Mourinho will want to win the trophy. And it's, it really depends that Southampton game, which is the most favourable of the two fixtures they've got. Because you look at the Southampton defence, it's right down there. So that game suggests goals for Spurs and Southampton. They've both got strikers in Ings and Kane who can convert chances. You expect there to be a few goals there. But who's going to play? I mean, you think Son and Kane are safe, right? They're Mm. going to play both games. We might see Son off after 70 minutes. Kane might miss the last five, but that's about it, I expect. But elsewhere, it's really tricky, isn't it? Because there is every chance there'll be rotation elsewhere because of the City EFL Cup date three days later. Um, I mean, you've got on who, at the moment, has no competition because Davis is injured.
0: That's why I got him.
1: But there, I mean, when he got injured, he was originally touted to be back for the Everton game. So we have to keep an eye on that because so it could be that it's not a lot you can do about it. But anyone considering Regan should, you know, keep an eye on the team news before tomorrow's deadline. I don't know what the, going to come out. Of.
0: The worry with with Reguilon is he's now so important for Spurs like he's one of the three I think well I think Hoiberg, Kane, Son and, and, and Regulon. they are the they're the talent they're mm. the real talent in that side and because Davies is, just doesn't offer anything close to what what Reguilon does it does make me think maybe Regulon's almost a bit more at risk because if he gets injured in one of these two yeah. games they're you know, playing too many what the hell are they going to do I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they just stuck someone at left back with well. like a kind of real makeshift left back
1: yeah um Exactly. Um
0: I don't look, know who it would be, but
1: well let's look at the um maybe if we me might have played there occasionally. He's got he's got options. Um, let's look at um the attacking data just before we get look at the Spurs players in particular. Um mid table again over the season for minutes per expected goal. Um so again, nothing to write home about, despite having Son and Kane potentially the t- two are, well certainly two of the strongest FBL assets this season in attacking terms. And Everton Southampton. Again, around them. So this double game week in, involves three kind of middling teams that have been very hard to predict. And, and Spurs are probably the easiest of the three to predict. Southampton and Everton. <laughs> I've earned own players from Everton. And I can tell you now, it's been very frustrating.
0: Did you watch the game, the Brighton game? Always mm. oh. one of the worst games I've ever seen. Yeah,
1: they've been oh, involved. Bad. They've been involved in a lot of bad games Everton this season.
0: Everton's team selection as well. It was like six or seven, like... Sent like defenders,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's
0: just oh god. I mean, I it, saw I saw that side. I thought, God, you're going all out defensive against Brighton in a must-win game for the top four.
1: It was a strange formation as well because the BBC bizarrely broke the team sheet before it went live, and I mm. I thought it was an eight o'clock kickoff. So I went to the BBC site to look at the teams, saw that the teams were on there, and I saw Calvert Lewin wasn't playing. And then I checked I was like, hold on a minute, that shouldn't be on the BBC site and I tweeted yeah, it. Yeah, strange. But the formation mm. the BBC had was like an arrow. They had so many defenders on the pitch, BBC didn't know what to do with it really. No. We'll stick five centre-backs and a couple of win-backs on or something. It was very odd. But yeah,
0: it was, do, Well, to be fair, I think that translated on the pitch. Yeah. They didn't even really know what they were doing on, on, on you know, in the no. game. It was... Oh, it was a, it was a bad game. Yeah, really absolutely.
1: Bad. Well, I mean, looking at the team data over the last four matches, attacking team data, Southampton have actually looked lively. And they do end the season well. I mean, they have done previously. They've got very little to play for other than pride. But Ings is back, and we know that he's the catalyst. So I, I do see goals in that Spurs game um, for, both, for both teams. Um, Everton's attack is pretty, pretty awful at times. And, and without Calvert-Lewin, I'd, maybe Reguillon is a very good bet for that first game to get something out of it. It's just where yeah. we play Southampton.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I got I got regular on just just to give me an extra one. You know, it's always nice to target target a double. I mean, he was my kind of differential player in the end because I don't think many people are going to end up with him, and I don't blame him. And I, d- I definitely don't want to keep him him long term. But I think that the you know the two fixtures are good, like the Everton Southampton game. That is that they are two good fixtures for for any side. Uh, and I think you know a lot of people who have kept the triple captain chip um, are going to be putting it on Kane or Son this week and. I I can't see any better any better time to do it. I would I would I would, wouldn't even hesitate to no, put it in one I of mean, those two.
1: Looking at the double game weeks that Ben Crullin put together, I don't think there is a better scenario available than Spurs playing Everton and Southampton. Although nah. there's question marks over where Spurs are at, where their heads are at. Um, you know, off the back of what you said about SOT, I would still put it on Kane if I had a triple captain now. Um, which means you can't wildcard, of course. Um, mm. So if you've got the wild card, you're holding that off another week. But I still think triple captain is the right chip to play in this forthcoming game week. Um, so just looking at Spurs data here, I've highlighted three players who are often discussed. They're in the conversation for tripling up on Spurs, and that is Lucas Moura, Urie and Reguil. um are you, are, I mean, Reguil presumably <laughs> is your best bet there.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it's... not saying much. (laughs) I mean, mean, Lucas Moore has, you know, done, done all right. I think he's, he's become a bit of a go-to guy for, for Mourinho. Um, He's, he's been playing quite well, but fantasy wise, I don't think he's ever going to be someone who's going to get you a huge, one. I mean, I remember he scored that hat trick, what, two years ago. And that was like amazing. And everyone flocked to him. He's, he's just not, you have these players, don't you? You just kind of know they're not going to be ones that really deliver the goals and assists reliably. So, He's an okay kind of outside pick for the double, but I wouldn't be expecting big things from him. I mean, Uriah, what's going on with talk to out? Is he injured? Is he out of both
1: games? I don't think he's injured, is he? I, I, I think Uriah is more likely to play, though. Um, I think Uriye will I mean, it, it comes down to that Southampton game and, you know, Teng, Tenganga could come in at, at right back. Um, I don't. Can he even switch to the left-hand Ganga? He could do, maybe. I mean, yeah, Sissoko's Sos- yeah. another option at left back, of course, right? So he could even play Sissoko there.
0: Um, if, I w I wouldn't be going anywhere near Aurier. That that's that's one well, that's one that's one too far. I mean, um, a few people are saying in the chat, I mean, Rodon is is does look like a centre back that the Mourinho likes and he's he's been playing well. So he's probably safer than than, than Aurier. Obviously he doesn't have the attacking ability that, that Aurier has, but I'd probably go for him over Aurier to would be Do you fair.
1: really? You think he'll get both games? I just yeah. don't know if Rodon's going to play in the EFL Cup final. Would he not go for experience in that?
0: Well, is it, experience hasn't exactly been serving him well, has it, this, this season? I, I think I think Rodon has, has, been, has been one of the few kind of shining lights for them. I, I'd, be, I'd be very surprised if he didn't start the final.
1: Okay. Well, yeah, and, and if that's the case, he's not going to play Anton, is he? You know, that, that's the problem we've got. It's like, I don't, it's so hard to predict Marino's defence because I don't think mm. he knows who his, who his best defence is. So because of that, it makes going in for a third player being a defender very, very difficult. And I don't, what do you think about Mora? I mean, looking at his data here, it's not fantastic. I mean, minutes per shot, 82.7. You know, minutes per touch in the box, 34.5. I mean, it, they're not really figures that give you any deal of confidence in his attacking potential, are they?
0: No, that's exactly what I mean. I, he's never, he just hasn't done it. He's just, he's one of those players who's around for ages and, and plays quite a few games but never becomes a viable option and normally it's good to avoid those kind of players unless you really see something that thinks he's going to spark into life i'd rather have madison this week like around the same price playing west brom oh no was it palace at home this week uh is it West brom or palace they're playing i can't even remember it uh,
1: is it's it's west brom isn't definitely it, it? Know this. yeah yes. west brom at home
0: yeah yeah i'd rather i'd rather have um i'd rather have madison mm. than demora yeah. Even, though we, even, with,
1: you know, even though he's um, been a naughty boy. He has been a naughty boy. But he's not injured. That's the main thing. Mm. He's just been a bit and naughty. He's, and... he's got a lot to prove with said. So I had a look at... The, that was the season data. I had a look at the last six game weeks because I thought, well, Lucas Moore has been in favour. Perhaps, you know, there's more from the most recent data to suggest that he could be a great option. But not really. I mean, look, <laughs> minutes, minutes per shot, 100.8. Even Uriah beats that. Mm. Minutes per chance created 72 compared to 57 for Murier. So he's not, he's not producing numbers of an attacking midfielder. He, he, he plays well. He's very busy. He's very active. And he, he is a player who can close players down and press, which is why Marino selects him. Yeah. But he doesn't carry the threat that you want from a midfielder, even of his price. And, and, and with so many options in midfield, as we discussed last week, it's not very attractive, is it?
0: Nah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like it personally. I think you could, you could get Madison and even though he's got an extra game um, and uh, one less game, you haven't got to use another transfer getting him out so that you can, you can stick with him uh, and say the transfer. I mean, what, what's really interesting on, on this as well is like Bale. It's just, just, you know, he goes from nothing to suddenly being like an amazing pick and then just straight back down to being a, a, a poor choice again. It's he, but you know, with the, he's not going to start in the final. So you've got to think he's, he's probably going to see some minutes or at least a a decent share of minutes over, over these, these two fixtures. So he could be someone that, you know, if you've got, if you've kept until this point, I definitely wouldn't be selling him. Not sure I'd be advocating buying him, but you know, he could be someone that, 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 comes back into the fold a little bit because of because of that rotation with the final coming up.
1: Yeah, and of course Larice, I think is the one to get if you can. And that's what's frustrating for me because had I not played my wild card the move I would have made would be Pope to Larice, and I think mm. Larice comes in that'd be another dagger through my heart for playing the <laughs> wild card last week but um we'll see. Best goalkeeper in the league, statistically. Yeah. You know you said that as well. And that, that I mean I think mm. he is a good option for the third play because obviously you can bench him in 33 without any concern because you've got an active keeper hopefully. Uh, and you can even carry him on forward if you if your other active keeper is strong. So um, I think Larice is hands down the, the best option. I don't think there's a third player out there that I would jump on because you're going to need a you know you need to have a strong bench to carry three Spurs players into thirty three because of the blank, and and that's the problem. You know, two is probably going to be enough, mm. and two is. Certainly going to be enough if you don't have a bench in 33 to come in.
0: It's um, it's really sad when you look at Ali, isn't it? I mean, you know, yeah. last six game weeks, you know, no goals, and no assists. But then you look at the season data that you had on the last on the last one, no goals, no assists all season for Delhi Alley. Like, I mean, we knew he was his form was kind of declining quite heavily, but for him to be so ostracised from the Spurs team, nowhere near like the Euro squad. It's a pretty massive fall for him, isn't it? I wonder something's going on. I can't, I can't see it. He'll, he'll probably be what, joining joining Pochettino next next season. Yeah, I
1: mean, something's got to be going on for Bale to slip in and out of favour, for Son to be showing the emotion that he did in that interview. I mean, Premier League footballers have to be mentally robust to be Premier League footballers, but Son didn't look it in that interview, and obviously he's come in for. You know, awful abuse online through social media and we don't condone that but I don't I mean I don't think he was part he, he was aware of that at the time of the interview I don't think that was a factor I think it was just the outcome of the re- match and the incidents in the match which led him to be given that know, interview it's, in the way you've, lo-
0: you've lost you've lost to United 2-1 like it, you know I, I thought for the first half in that game Spurs were actually decent they played well uh, you know they, they created they created some chances United were poor but then you know they let United grow into the game and you know, in terms of, I mean, I've seen some really bad Spurs performances this year. And I think that one was, you know, I think they could actually maybe take some positives from it, even even though they lost the game. To see how dejected the team was after that match, it was kind of like, this is the best we can do. Mm. We've thrown everything at this. This is it. And this this loss has really, really hit us hard. Mm. So it's going to be really interesting to see if they can, they can shake that off. But I mean, going into a cup final with the morale that they've got and... and the form they've got and these stats, I don't fancy
1: them. No. No, I mean, City are just a machine at the moment, aren't they? So you you just think it's going to take a a supreme performance by Kane and so on to make Mm. the difference, I think, for Spurs. Um, Let's look quickly at some player data before we go to Bruno. Um, So this is what we look at all the time, minutes per expected goal involvement, non-penalty over the season. Just highlighted a few differentials here. We mentioned Lacazette last week and I didn't think he was going to play at Sheffield United, because it was kind of a Bamiyang's time. But then Abamyang, it turns out, was contracted malaria, which we didn't oh, no. know. You know, going into Sheffield United, we just know it was an illness. But it's, you know, obviously, pretty serious condition. He's in the hospital with that at the moment. Lacazette played. Billy captained him in his team. Did he? He, he got the brace nice. for him, so he was very happy with that. Watched the match with me, and he was very happy with the goals. Um and I you know again I'm that was,
0: sixth in his league mark.
1: I know I, and, and that's now your objective isn't it to win the yep. as, as is better than dad league <laughs> that um, yeah
0: if I win that I'm going to be like a a cult hero in your house It'd be great. that's
1: not good I mean pocket money's been cut and <laughs> measures have been taken. Um, yeah, so Lacassette like was a differential it did come in I mean, you're not interested in differentials, though, are you? But, but just, just for a minute, just for a minute let, let's entertain the fact that you might be what do you think of Cavani? Scored again tonight? I mean, you know I've got Calvert-Lewin injured and I probably won't take a hit to replace him although we'll talk about that later but Cavani would be the obvious choice if I did, I think
0: mm, Yeah, I like him and, and I thought he was he was fantastic against Spurs you know, the, the goal the combination with Greenwood um, as well was was really effective, and it just makes you wonder. I mean, I know United are doing okay this season, but you look at you look at a, a performance like that from Cavani versus pretty much every performance I've seen this year from Martial, and you think how was Cavani not? You know, he's a proper forward. He's a proper striker. He's you know he's exactly the kind of striker that United um, you know really needed. So yeah, I think I think he, I think he's an exciting an exciting pick. I mean, you've got Greenwood um, coming in who who could play centrally, who, who's probably his, his biggest competition now. Um, but I like him.
1: Yeah, and it's funny. He's like Tom Brady in the NFL. He's like having a veteran quarterback. He's a veteran striker who's teaching Greenwood as yeah. the match is going on. It, and, it's, it's, and, it, and, it, and his movement is, is just subtle. It's just, you know, just quick, explosive movements which defenders can't pick up. And it's
0: Glenn Murray-esque.
1: Well, exactly, you know, I'm seeing it in a red shirt at the moment. Well, not at the moment, but yeah. I mean, it's just interesting that what he does doesn't look that complicated and yet it is an art and he does it yeah. extremely well. Yeah. And he's finishing, is obviously exemplary. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely, you know, if you're looking for differential this week and you've already got loaded up on your spurs, Cavani or Greenwood look to be the way to go. And obviously with a Calvert-Lewin injury, people will be looking at, Calvert, at Cavani, I imagine.
0: It's it's just tricky with those striker spots, isn't it? Because I mean, you've got Ian and Kane, who are kind of, mm. you know, I think you, you're, I don't even think you're brave if you're going without those two. I think you're wrong. I think they, they're just, have them, yeah. you've got to have them. They're they're just so strong. Um, so you know, I, I think you could you could you could make a case for losing, um, Fernandez, freeing up some cash, going for, for Cavani, maybe strengthening midfield somewhere or, or like that. But it's 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 really tricky with with, with these players because. I just I, especially with the strikers because I really like that midfield 5. I think that midfield midfield 5 is strong and it is Bruno I think is is maybe the weaker the weakest yeah. thing though.
1: Well, he's in this table here he's lower down, you know, um, uh, an xGI every 178.6 minutes. He's he's very consistent in there. A shot every 27.9. Um and over the last four game weeks he's still up there, you know, he, he's in the top 10 just outside the top 10. Um, An XGI every 120.66 minutes, uh, a shot every 29.9. He's got one assist in the last four game weeks. He hasn't delivered, but he's still producing some decent numbers. But when I looked at his numbers from game week 19 to 31 compared to game week 1 to 18, there is a clear and massive drop um, as this table reveals. So every aspect, minutes per goal, minutes per assist, Touch in the box, shots, shots in the box, big chance, chance created. X-Gene on pen and minutes per point are down between game weeks 19 and 31. So there is no question yeah. there's been a decline, isn't there?
0: Yeah. And it's and it's noticeable when you watch United play as well, because it's you know it's the fact that we're talking about the likes of Cavani and Greenwood. Rashford's looking, looking quite bright again. Uh, Shaw still looking good. You know, we're not talking about Bruno because... I think even even his performances have been not not at the same level that they were earlier in the season. Um I mean what what is it in terms of like actual FPO attacking returns? I mean he, he got he got the assist, didn't he? Um against against Brighton. I mean, two, five, three, ten, three, three, twelve. It's he's not still kind of he He's got three nah, double he's still figures. ticking
1: ticking over, isn't he? Three double-figure returns in 10. And, and what's interesting as well, he's owned by 57.6. He's owned by 66.9 of the top 10K. managers just own him still. Mm. Um, and for game weeks 1 to 18, he was ranked third overall for points. And even for game weeks 19 to 31, he is ranked third overall for points, as the table below shows. So Gundewan, between 19 and 31, was the top scorer, 95 mm. points. Fernandez on eighty four is still. If you look at just the heavy hitters, the top scoring heavy hitter over that spell. So although he's declined relative to other players, he's still holding yeah. his own. More than holding his own. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean the you know the reason I I am I'm thinking of of getting rid of him, which is growing more with every <laughs> with, with this talk, is that it's that kind of calculated gamble. We're not going to captain him. I can't see any any way yeah. in which Bruno Fernandes is our captain, either of our captains between now and the end of the season. The fixture, the fixture isn't great. After Burnley at home, Leeds away, Liverpool at home, Villa away, Leicester at home. Then they've got Fulham who could could still be, who could be really fighting at that point. Then they've got Wolves away. Like this isn't, this isn't an amazing run.
1: Yeah, well there, there's the ticker here. So you're right, they're kind of mid-table United. Burnley, this game week, 32 is the fixture that he could fire in and that's why I don't, advocate getting rid of him yet I'd, I'm going to hold him myself for 32 is that what you're thinking as well are you going to hold him for this week
0: yeah I'll well, def- definitely hold him for this week but but then but then kind of assess and you know if he if he gets a monster haul against Burnley then it might be a bit like well but you know the other thing is United have got you know they've got Europa League they're, they're winning tonight they're still going in that um, they've they've all but sort of confirmed top four I, I don't think they're going to struggle to, to meet that especially with some sides around them faltering a bit So the question is, who do you move to? I think, you know, there's, you you can't, it's not like you get like a kind of a like for like big hitter swap, which is what's annoying. De Bruyne, for example, would be an easy, a great move to make if City weren't in four competitions and you, you know, roll a dart, roll a pick out of a hat, who's going to start each game. So that's when you look at the likes of like Leicester and I look at, you know, I mentioned Madison again. You know Arsenal. If if Aubameyang was didn't have malaria, maybe he could be sort of a bit of a left field player. But but he's not. There just isn't a huge amount of talent to go to. So again, this is one of those ones where like similar to my wild card, I'm looking at it. I want to be brave. I want to be different. I think the pros of getting rid of Fernandes outweigh the fear and the risk. So I'm happy to make that move if I can do it for the right player. I just don't know who that right player is.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting, if you look go back to the Captain Matrix again, he's he's in there as one of the primary candidates, but he's ne- he's not highlighted as the top option in any game week between now yeah. and 38. Because, I mean, against Burnley, he would be if Kane didn't have a double game week. But the only other week I look at, well, I mean, he's at home to Fulham in 37, but you've got Salah at Burnley, and as I said, you've got Lingard and Mathena with good fixtures. You've got Kane at home to Villa. The boy at Brighton if you want to gamble on a City player so you've got plenty of options there 38 Fernandez plays Wolves away but again Salah at home to Palace aren't you or your Lingard at home to Southampton. you know you're not you're not going Bruno um, at Wolves I don't think so you're right I don't think there's a captaincy there for him between now and 38 and when you're putting that kind of money on a player you want at least one or two captains don't you from them
0: oh yeah for sure yeah and, and you know we I mentioned the midfield where it's difficult to know who to go to, but you have got Lacazette who is, you know, I, I still feel a bit funny about investing in Arsenal, but you look at Lacazette's scoring record. I mean, he's got another two goals tonight. He's on penalties. He's really stepping up to be the kind of main man again, when it looked like Aubameyang was back as the kind of main centre forward. So it could be that actually taking money out of Fernandez lets you go for Cavani or, or Lacazette or Vardy, although we
1: haven't seen anything from him. He was really poor. No, wasn't he? I, really, there's something really, really wrong poor. there. Something wrong with Vardy, I think.
0: But yeah, that, if if I was going to do it, that would that would maybe be if I was going to take Fernandez out. I think it might be that switch of formation to to the extra striker. Yeah,
1: I mean, what's interesting for me, I, I'm going, um, I'm going to be going uh, get Son in for Sterling. Obviously, Sterling goes to Son for this week, and then next week it was going to be Son to Salah for Salah for thirty-three Newcastle, and for the running. But actually, I could go Fernandes to Salah. Yeah. And keep Son, which is probably what I'll do. I think I would. Because then then you've got
0: Son for for Sheffield United.
1: Yeah. So that could be the way I go because of this. Because I look at this and go, well, between Salah uh, and, you know, my differential picks, which I'm looking at in the last three game weeks, I, I think I've got it covered really between Salah and Kane, and then up to about 37, 38, That's when I might take some risks. So I don't see Fernandez. The only thing that worries me is this: the I've updated the double-figure hauls, and there's no doubt you know Fernandez is top of that still on eleven double-figure hauls ahead of Son and Kane. So when it comes to explosivity, if that's a word, <laughs> um, now. he is still peerless in that respect. Even even I mean, Salah has been disappointing in this respect. Only five double-figure returns so far this season. So well, the, there's, there's a, there's a
0: there's, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a major difference between Fernandez and Salah in that Fernandez only needs one attacking return to get to get bonus. He, like, I think, it's once this season he is he's got an attacking return and hasn't got bonus. I think even sometimes he gets bonus, but he doesn't get any attacking returns. Mm. Whereas Salah's the complete opposite. Salah has always pretty much needed two attacking returns to get to get any bonus because of the amount of times he loses the ball and mm. and all of his shots off target and all, and all stuff like that. So that obviously helps players. Hit those double digits because you know he gets a goal, a clean sheet, two free bonus. He's hit eleven points, you know, relatively easily. Whereas Salah might be less than that at sort of the seven or eight mark, like we saw, like we saw this week. So that is what makes Fernandez such a such a great option. It's what's made him such a great captaincy option um, as well. But I do I do think without the captaincy, it's there might be potential.
1: And, and also with Greenwood and Cavani offering options in that United attack. There are ways in that you can try, and, yep. you know. So if United do get a heavy victory between now and the end of the season with Cavani or Greenwood, you've got some some a, a ticket in the raffle, haven't you? So to speak. I hate well, to so use the word coverage, but yeah.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, for, for example, I could do Fernandes and uh, my mate Davis to uh, Greenwood and Lacazette. Yeah. So I'm gaining. I'm gaining an extra good player. If I feel like, and and look what Greenwood did at you know the end of lockdown last season, he was four point five striker. Um, I backed him over the likes of Rashford, and he was absolutely brilliant. So he looks like his 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 form is is getting into that again because he's he, he was he was really good at, against against Spurs. His delivery was was fantastic, and he's been leading the line sometimes as well. So I think he he, he could be a, a bit of a shrewd a shrewd one.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so let's see what happens. I mean, I'm going to park the idea for now. Um, I think I would, as I said, we we'll take Bruno into 32, and we'll monitor it and see what he does. I mean, I think Burnley is a good fixture for United. I mean, I've mm. tipped quite a big win there. So let's see what he does out of that. And I'm not I'm not in a super hurry, but I'm, I mean, I'm going to want Salah for 33. So there is a decision, a decision coming up there. So. Double-figure halls. I mean, there was a request on Twitter for me to update the data that I did some weeks ago. It was. So I thought I'd do that. Um, so this is, just to explain, this is what I've done is I look at the teams that have conceded double figures to an opposing player and count the number of players that they've conceded double figures to in their home matches and their away matches. So just to explain how this works, when you see Man City 2 at home, 5 away, that is when you play Man City at home, you can that they've conceded two, um, two double figure returns. So that is, it's difficult to explain. You'll get it in a moment. But basically, the <laughs> gist of this is: West Brom, Sheffield United, Southampton, and Palace have conceded the most double figure returns so far this season. City, the least, which is what you'd expect. And then highlighted in yellow are the fixtures, the specific fixtures which have been best for double figure returns. And that is when a team goes to West Brom. West Brom away is a fixture that has. Given nineteen double figure returns to the opponent, and Palace and Sheffield United at home. So, if you're if a team is playing either Palace or Sheffield United at home, those teams have conceded sixteen double figure returns. So, Palace have joined Sheffield United and West Brom amongst the the, the, the most generous teams in terms of double figure returns. Now,
0: Everton are a joke, aren't they? <laughs> you go to you go to Goodison, yeah. 12, 12. double-figure
1: returns at Goodison, they've conceded. Compared
0: to five when you're playing the way. I mean, Ancelotti's got to sort that out.
1: Strange that, isn't it? And and when you look at Brighton, they're quite similar in that if you play Brighton at home, they've conceded 10 double-figure returns. If you go to the, I almost said the Goldstone ground, if you go to the Amex, mm. it's, it's five. Mm. Um, so they're much stronger at home, um, which is perhaps what what you expect but you don't you don't really understand the Everton
0: numbers I mean, well I mean I, I, what's surprising though is that this is happening during Covid when there shouldn't really be any no. any real any real difference between them but you you know you still you can still see in this that there are these differences between between home and away and you look at things like um, Liverpool you know, they're talking about You know, they want the music to be louder in the stadium because they they think that's affecting the players. Or United is changing their seat colors because they think that's having all these little things they're trying to do to try and eke out any kind of extra, (laughs) anything extra they can get. But it's it's strange. I'd love to look. I'd love to probably like look into the psychology of of holding Mm. away. You know, during this time because I mean it must it must be weird playing at home. When you're used to a big crowd and not having that.
1: One of the teams that highlights the home and away golf is Burnley, right? So at home, they've only conceded five double-figure returns. Away from home, they've conceded 14, which is clearly... Burnley are a team, we always associate they're being stronger at home and weak away. And that's exactly what this shows. So there is a home and away thing there. Clearly, yeah. I mean, you've got you've got you've got things like pitch
0: dimensions, and you know, look at Leeds' as pitch, and whether teams get more used to playing on certain surfaces, and you know, the fact you haven't got to travel, and you've got your training facility. You know, there, obviously, there's all this kind of like small stuff. But I still would have thought that it would be a bit more kind of normalised because because of everyone because it, because it's such weird conditions for everyone. But yeah, the Burnley one is is the real standout there. Well, Burnley and Brighton actually, because. And, mm. and well, and, and wolves, you know, there's there's still teams that are doing better, um, you know, and, and that's why I really like this 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 chart because I think it just, you know, it's it's it just show, you know, I like the, the double figures because it kind of puts it in FPL language, mm. but yeah. also shows who the stronger teams are really clearly, you know, it does, um, and it and it, in way.
1: it shows that Burnley, you know, going to Old Trafford is a great fixture for United, you know, if you if you're looking to get in on some differentials, Greenwood and Cavani at home to Burnley looks a good fixture, depending on whether there's any rotation off the back mm. of the European tie. And that's why, Bruno, you've got to hold him for this week. So I think there will be goals to United based on what we're seeing here. Some double-figure returns could be in the offering. Um, someone in the chat just what? said, oh, look at this, look, FPL Swat, who's a, a big figure on Twitter, I follow him, I think, I believe, I like a lot of his tweets, he says, golston ground, no way mark under 30. <laughs> there we go, good point, he's found me out. Exactly.
0: The um, with Dean as well. The Dean. I,
1: I've been to both. i w I've seen a game at the Goldstone and the With Dean, uh, and obviously the Amex as well. The Goldstone, I can't remember who it was. I think you played Blackburn. It was God knows what year it was, a long time ago. Yeah. I am old enough to remember.
0: My um, dad will probably remember it.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> think, I think Smith was still playing for you at the time. You know, Smith must score. I think he was still playing for
0: you. We we're gonna need um we're gonna need a catchy name. Because this segment is is great. People love it, but Double Double figures figures allowed. allowed. It's not not really doing it for me. If anyone's got a, if everyone's got a, you know, a a good catchy name, alliteration's always, always welcome. Uh, Let us know.
1: Yeah. Um, This is the ticker based off the double figures allowed. So I've updated that. Um, So what you're seeing here is the, the, the teams ranked by the number of double figure allowed they've got for their opponents between now and the end of the season. So Wolves have got, in other words, the easiest run or the most chance to get double-figure returns in terms of the opponents. And their run between 32 and 35 is is incredible. They play a team conceded 16, 14, 19 and 10 double-figure returns and Leicester uh, are playing teams that conceded 10, 16, 12 and 11. So those two are the team to target. We've talked about this before, Um, but it's just how you target them. And, And Wolves, without Neto, and there's talk that he could be out for The rest of the season, it's all down to Leicester, isn't it? Really, I mean, Inacho just looks the key player, though, doesn't he? I mean, in that West Ham game, he showed up brilliantly, didn't he?
0: Yeah, and, and you know, last week I was saying, you know, I had, I, I, as I said, I've got a Leicester, a Leicester friend, uh, who's saying, Leicester yeah, um, friend, yeah, Leicester okay. friend. Yeah. I, I, do you know, what? I deliberately tried not to make it sound in between his E and then it just came out even more in between his E. But it, my friend, uh, he doesn't rate Inacho. Just talks about him as as being a good poacher, all that kind of stuff. And just what I really liked was the two goals he scored were were completely different. He got that poacher's goal um, as as his second goal, but his first goal, I mean, amazing effort from from outside the box. And like we talked about, Vardy, he looks like he's been asked to play in a role which gets the most
1: out of Ian and he just doesn't look the same threat. It's got to be an injury. There's got to be an injury of Vardy. to me he I I agree. He didn't look like he was covering as much ground as he normally does. He didn't look like he was harrowing defenders as much. He didn't look as strong with his back to goal, protecting the ball. He looked like he was playing within himself. So it's not just the position of the role. It was just his body language mm. as well. Like yeah, every time yeah. he gave the ball away, you could see he was looking down. I mean, even when they weren't losing the game, even when they were coming back into it, you know, when Leicester are on it, and they're when, they were, when it was, you know, 3-1, normally Vardy is the one dragging them by the on the neck and trying to get back into the game. And it wasn't him at all. He was like within himself. Don't know what was going on. Very strange. It
0: it was a good example of, you know, I I think Iheanacho was the obvious pick, but I know people went for Vardy because Mm. they kind of wanted that kind of explosive differential that normally people were going for. But it was a perfect example of, to me, that wasn't picking a battle. That wasn't picking a sensible battle. That was just hitting and hoping. Because Iheanacho, his stats are... Off, like there's no, there's just no comparison. And then you could, you, you know, you, when you've got stats like that, that tells you one thing when you watch the game mm. and like, I, I still think watching games is so important because the stats, Vardy's stats don't always tell the story about him, but he did not look right. For whatever reason, he did not look right in that game. So if you've got Vardy over Ionaccio, I just don't think it's the right play. That's all.
1: Well, I mean, going back to the, the season data, um, Ianacho is is up there, um, uh, minutes per XGI every 150.2 minutes. So he's actually ahead of Vardy now over the season. If you look at the last four game weeks, he's the top player overall, uh, XGI every 77.3, a shot every 21 minutes, five goals in the last four game weeks. Absolutely on fire, right? But So that's the data argument. Yeah, yeah. But the other argument, and this is what's interesting, and I think Green Arrow are talking about this, Assessing form, and it's something that I think Zofar wrote in his Fantasy Football Scout article as well about assessing form. And it's the role that body language plays, and the role that when confidence is so high, it shows in the way they hold themselves on the pitch yep. and the way they get involved. I've not seen Enacho lead the line the way he's done in that game against West Ham. He was showing for the ball, coming in, coming deep, wanting the ball, laying it off, and linking play a lot. He was running the channels. He was kind of compensating for Vardy having an off day, mm. and um, the goal, the first goal, yeah, exactly what you said. Mistake by a defender, turn, shoot, first time, top corner. Fabianski, no I, chance. I,
0: well, I'll tell you what it is, and the perfect example is is Lingard. It's it's players enjoying themselves. I'm not
1: going to talk about Lingard again, though. We can't do that. Okay?
0: No, I'm not going to talk about Lingard, but it, but I'm going to talk about it a little bit because it is, it is that enjoyment. It's that it's that when you see a player who looks like they're having a kick around the park with their mates, everything's coming off for them. I, I, I just don't see how stats can really paint that as well as as it can just watching them. Because if you want, if you, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not claiming to be the world's greatest footballer and my friends will testify that I'm definitely not. But like, you know, if things, I see people when I'm playing football and, and things just come effortlessly, effortlessly to, to players. And like there must, there's a lot of pressure that comes with being, being like a Premier League player. Mopé is a perfect example his body language every game this season has, has been terrible he rarely looks up he plays with kind of sag shoulders he, he he you know he runs into trouble he's he's never last season he had spells of looking sharp looking up looking like free and like he you, you know and, and and wanted and wanted to play Whereas now you you just see it. You see that, that kind of that kind of body language I think you only get from from looking at from, from watching games. And Ianacho and Lingard are to me the two happiest players yeah, And, I, and I
1: think what's important, if you look at something like Rate My Team and other models, they will still have Vardy ahead of Inacho going into the next game, right? Because oh, of I... historical data. But what a model can't know is the level of confidence that they've shown in recent we've, matches, right?
0: We've got a good one in the chat yeah. from Steve Elbows. Mm. expected joy love that
1: expected joy what for the for for the double uh, XJ XJ yeah I mean that yeah it's (laughs) it's kind of thing, but it's true you can't put numbers and data behind that it's just an assessment you get from watching the match and that's why you've got to combine the two I use models I use data and I use models like my team but I also rely on my own appraisal of how players are looking yeah in, in little things like you know whether they're showing for the ball, whether they're taking players on, where they're shooting from. If they're high on confidence, they're shooting from all angles, right? Bardi, did he even have a shot in that game? No, no, yeah, that's the thing.
0: But uh, I mean, an example a couple of years ago when De Maria was playing for United. I mean, he he started the season gliding around the pitch, scoring outside of the boot goals and chipping keepers from like he looked class. And then he had the personal issues, didn't he? And it was obvious you could see after mm. a, after a few games he just he he just. His whole buzz had just has just disappeared, and I think there is something in noticing when that's happened and and not you know getting that buzz back. I think is is quite difficult, and that's why Lingard is to to me is is genuinely really inspirational this season because the amount of criticism and pressure and everything that he's had over years and years and years of his career to come back and and do what he's doing and that smile to be back and that gliding and the the joy he's got back um absolutely amazing.
1: Mm. And, and I loved it the other day when Moyes cuddled him after the game. I think it was at Wolves and Moyes just grabbed him and ruffled his hair. And, you know, the, the, the camaraderie yeah. between Moyes and Lingard is apparent. And when you're playing under a manager who values you, who trusts you, that's clearly unlocked in Lingard what we're seeing. And, again, you can't measure that.
0: XJ. I tell X-J, you, this is the this thing. We've got,
1: I <laughs> bet there's more you can do with,
0: like... Facial like smiles, and you can measure the you know the angles of the smiles. XJ, someone, someone will put that together. It we'll would be rich. Brilliant work. Well, Steve Elbows would be rich. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's his idea. Fair
1: enough. Um, OK, let's look at uh, the predictions, um, shall we? Um, prediction standings 31 points in it, still sneaking ahead. I'm still just under 50%. You're on 45.6. We did it differently last week. And I think FBL Pot Noodle has been keeping our scores throughout the week, if you didn't know appreciated the fact that we, we sh- did some shortcuts for him and put the scores in. And we've done it again this week. And what's interesting is that I don't see your scores and you don't see mine. We put them in separate, right? And um, we've predicted seven identical outcomes and four identical scores. Wow! So it shows you that we do influence each other when we do it not in the other way, where we're both taking it in turns we're obviously trying to pick a different score to the other or the outcome. <laughs> when we're doing it independently and, you know, not seeing each other, we are quite similar in the way we approach It's even matches. worse.
0: <laughs> well, I don't
1: know. I don't know how it's going to work out, but let's just quickly go through them. You're predicting the Spurs win. I've gone one all in the Friday game. I, I, yeah, Everton at home are pretty awful. Mm. But, uh, I I mean, the cup game was ridiculous. What, was it a 4-3, was it? it? Might even be 5-4, but I just don't see that repeating. So I've been cautious I th- there. Yeah,
0: I, th- I think I think this is the game that, that Spurs will will go for more. Hmm. Uh, obviously, you know if they've got any hopes of top yeah. four, then then they they need to get this win. It's coming a bit you know earlier in the week compared to the Southampton game. I mean, Everton were just so bad. I, I just I can't. I, I just, you know I, I've I put them to have, a, to have a goal, but that's more to do with Spurs' defense than the, than Everton scoring. I think. I don't think it's going to be a great game. Hmm. I think Spurs will nick it.
1: Okay. And Newcastle, West Ham, we've both gone away. Win, I've gone by a 3-1 margin, you've gone for 2-1. My thinking is that you know Newcastle will be going for it. I, I see them being 2-1 down, trying to attack and then getting caught on the break. Um, and I think there's got to be a return in here for Jesse, something or other, an assist or something, because I do think there's goals in it for West Ham. Mm. I think with Wilson and Sam Maximan, Sam Maximan was on another planet when he came on at Burnley, wasn't he? I mean, he's Even he's me. going to
0: need to get a big bonus when uh when the season ends because if they stay up, it's pretty much all down to him.
1: Well, and he'll be gone surely. I mean, it's funny. He was a player that we had, I think I had in my starting initial lineup. Did you no, have him as well? Pretty,
0: no, I didn't. He was really popular. I didn't want to go anywhere near Newcastle, but he was he was in a lot of. He was one of those players. You know, every year you get like one like weird template player who everyone's like, oh, he's going to be perfect. Um, never ne- never comes in that, Werner, that kind of. For example, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, Wolves, Sheffield United, we've both gone one 0 Wolves, very popular scoreline when it comes to Wolves, and you don't see Sheffield United scoring. Arsenal, Fulham, we've both gone two one. Arsenal. Yeah. Um, I get, yeah. I, I the narrative here is I, I think Fulham will will get a goal and and we'll hold, we'll peg them back, but I think it's too much. Arsenal got too much. There's too, you know, too much going I think, for them.
0: Um, yeah, I, I think Fulham are probably done now. You to be honest, I think they've, you know, they they really looked like they were going to fight their way out of it, and they just. They just haven't, mm. you know. The results have been really bad for them. Teams around them picking up points. I think they've got. I mean, I, don't, I can't exactly remember how many points they're um, they're off
1: now, but they would. six they points would, off. I, six,
0: I mean, they're really going to need to start stringing together some some good results. And, and the thing
1: is, with Sam Maximan and Wilson back, yeah, they're going to get results. I think Newcastle now.
0: Yeah, I just don't know where the, I just don't know where the goals are going to come from from Fulham, and they're, and they're conceding stupid goals as well. You know, I feel, I, conceding it to Villa and you know or whoever it was in the in the 90th minute. I mean and
1: Wolves, Wolves, yeah,
0: Wolves, yeah. Sorry, so, oh, it's it's first the
1: goal of the season, I think. As well. oh, I
0: mean, come on,
1: that's 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 relegation bound if you and, do. And that. the thing is, Parker deserves credit because he has turned them around and given them a fighting chance. And and defensively, they've improved. He brought in players on loan, and he's got loan players playing for the club with some passion, which is quite hard to mm. do. But it's that cutting edge. And you know, when Newcastle have got Wilson who makes a big difference, who will get, you know, will push 15 goals over the season, maybe even more. Fulham don't have that player and they haven't got anyone who can turn a good performance into a win and that's the problem because they've had plenty of good performances but not Well,
0: have I mean, arguably they have with Mitrovic mm. but he's not trusted.
1: Yeah. And
0: I'm, looked- I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say that's the right or, or wrong option because, you know, I think they've, they've, they've done well and they've been a better side without him in but he was always supposed to be the kind of talisman of Fulham, wasn't he? And it just hasn't happened.
1: He hasn't looked fit. He looks fitter now. He looks like he's lost a bit of bulk and, and he's mm. he's more mobile. Um, that goal at Villa, for example, where he went round the keeper, or Ming's mistake. I didn't think. I don't think he could have scored that at the start of the season. He wouldn't have got to it. But so he looks a bit more on it now. But I think they need him.
0: I think. I think. I think they they need it. But I think they need him. But I think it's come too late.
1: Yeah. Uh, United, Burnley, You've gone two one. I've gone a heavy win here for United. I'm going three 0 I just think. They're confident at the moment, and I do do think Bruno might force us to change our mind after this game.
0: Um, Just Europe, really. Just you know, mm-hmm. they've they played tonight one 2 nil against Granada. Another good result for them. Um, I think they'll win, but I think I think Burnley can pop a fight. They're doing. They're you know doing. They're scoring goals. Yeah, they are. Enough, they're they're playing Burnley. all
1: right. They're playing all right. They've got you know they're playing with some freedom in attack, which is not often you say that of Burnley. But they you know they're showing encouraging signs. Vidra's done well and. So maybe there is a goal in it, but I, I've still got a back United heavy win. Leeds-Liverpool's an interesting one. You've gone the 3-1 the to Liverpool. I've gone the 2-all. I just think, I mean, Leeds have tightened up at the back, but mm. I do think there's a goal or two in it for Liverpool. You, you're thinking Liverpool will get three goals there.
0: Yeah, I might be underestimating might, might be underestimating Leeds a bit. Um, you know, Liverpool are out of, out of the Champions League mm. now. 0-0 against Real Madrid, just... A lot of criticism for starting Milner and and Wan and lots of missed chances again. No Diego Yota, which was they you know they kind of already written that off. I think that that tie uh, before going in. So it's it's just all focus on the league now. And I think you know for Liverpool, it's it's the difference between a disaster, absolute disaster of a season, or one they can just you know get top four, ride it off, come back next next year. And so I think they they need to win.
1: Yeah, Has and. They've got good fixtures to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think it, it'd be a bit, you know, Liverpool have been better away from home than they've been at Anfield. They got the win against Villa, which was a good win for them. And this would be a bit of a statement because this, this is probably one of two of the actual like tough games they've got left. I, I just so, think
1: Leeds, I mean, we underestimate them massively at City. We No one could have seen a 2-1 win there, could they? Um, so I, I'm hesitant to say... Rode their luck. luck. I mean,
0: they rode their luck. You know, they, they you look at, you look at shots and you look at XG and all that stuff and... I still think you could play that game a hundred times and see it would come out, come out winners. It was, yeah, they did. I mean, they did well. Good defensive performance, don't get me wrong, but City should have won that.
1: Mm. And I guess they've got Cooper suspended for this game, which could be a factor, but I, I'm I'm quite happy with the draw. Chelsea, Brighton, we've both gone 1-0. Yeah. Is that, is that your default Brighton scoreline?
0: Pretty much. Yeah. and And, you know, up until recently, I think it's the default Chelsea scoreline as well. Mm. They 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 look really good against Palace. And it's, Did. I think Palace made them look good at times, but it was good to see, you know, Havertz scoring sort of the goal that we kind of thought that he was, you know, calm, composed, clinical. Pulisic is is looking back. I'd love for Pulisic to be a factor between now and the end of the mm. season. He looks it um, now as well. He? Mm. Yeah. And Werner's kind of out of the picture a bit. Didn't play in that game. Didn't play in the Champions League. Uh, so... Yeah, I, I just, I, I still find it hard to, to back heavy Chelsea wins. I still think they're a, they're a good, solid team. Mm. And I think we're, we'll are we keep them, we'll keep the score quite low.
1: So, puzzle me this. Do you think Alonso plays against City in the FA Cup semi-final? Or will he play against Brighton? I think he's, I don't
0: think he's first choice anymore. No, nor do a couple, I. Nor do I. A couple, couple of weeks ago, I said the system they play, Alonso, is first choice over Chilwell. After that West Brom game, I think Tuchel's gone. That was it. I agree You're, with you. Yeah, you're back up. So but no, Chilwell I,
1: I can't play four in a five in a row, surely, because he's played the last two. He's played the last three now, and I think he will play. I mean, I can't see Alonso starting against City. So I would have thought: Alonso will start against Brighton, wouldn't you? Or do you reckon Chilwell will play five in a row? I don't know. No, I How's mean, that? no, no, no. Just, <laughs> uh, just, I, I, I mean, I'm in this conundrum as to whether or not to keep a lot, because you know, Alonso's a player that. If you get rid of him and he plays against Brighton, he could do pretty well in that game, right? But this so, is exactly
0: why I didn't want him. No, no. This I know. is this is exactly the reason why I didn't yeah. want him, because this is this is too much. It's a like, trap, isn't it? Like, I don't know what the priority is. If if the priority is, is the cup, then I guess he does play more well, in you, the league. You can't but...
1: play Alonso against Mares and, and Sterling and Silva and Bowden, surely. That'd be crazy, wouldn't it? Gotta to play too well in that game if you want to win that game over the four. Right.
0: I mean, Alonso started some big games, big games for them. He started the last Champions League game, didn't
1: he? If if I'm a Chelsea fan and I see Alonso playing against Foden or Mares, I'd be really worried because they're the types of players you can take him to task, I think. Whereas him against Brighton, who have Brighton got on the right-hand side? Veltman, and you don't really play with wingers, do you? So I think it's ideal to play him against Brighton. But who knows? We're trying to second-guess Tuchel here, aren't
0: we? Yeah, I mean, Alonso's minutes, I mean, he's missed... He's only played two of the last six.
1: Mm. Yeah. It's just the fact that I don't see Cheerwell playing five in a row because it's like Reese James, you know, he, he's, he's going to get, he, he got that, he missed the Palace game, Hudson-Odoi started. So
0: I, th- yeah. I think, I th- I think you, you keep him and you play him. Yeah, I think the, the, well. the best chance you've got is, is this yeah. week, but I, I wouldn't want him till the end of the season. Because the option so
1: is selling him for Reguilón, but I just don't think it's worth it for a hit. Nah. It's not as. Nah, it? nah, no, I don't think no. so. Thank you, Rass. That's what I needed to hear. Um, well, Spurs, Southampton, <laughs> we've both gone a victory for Spurs. You've gone 2 1, I've gone 3 1. I, I do think, I mean, Kane and Son play, right? There'll be some rotation. And I think the Saints defensively seem with the data is obliging. I think it'd be a good game, an attacking game. But we've both gone the Spurs victory. I wouldn't
0: be too surprised to see uh, see something weird from Spurs here. Benicia's coming in for one of Son or Kane. Maybe. What do you think? Regulon out for. For Tanganga or, 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 or I don't know, just just something. I mean Southampton. Uh, I, I would think Mourinho going to look at that and think we should win this game, with you, without when we can we can. I mean Son, you know, he's been injured for for a yeah, while. Yeah, Son
1: might get a rest,
0: but and and Kane, and Kane is you know if you're ever going to rest him,
1: you can't. Re- of, what what do you put into do you put any stock into this Golden Boot thing? Because often as FPL managers we go well Salah and Kane they want to play because they're playing for the Golden Boot and they're going to care about it. That's the kind of. Narrative, isn't it? Do you put stock in that?
0: Yeah, because it's the only trophy he's going to win at Spurs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, or when we do, do you work to... for Dulux? Do you, Bunny?
0: <laughs> when it comes to the end of his career, he's just going to have a load of golden boots and, and not much else. I reckon. Yeah, I mean, there's stock in it. He's a, he's a striker. He's going to he's going to want to get goals. This this as simple as that. Mm. I think there is, and I think you know he's going to be. He's going to be pissed off if Mourinho benches him. In, 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 especially against Southampton. I, I
1: can't even remember the last time Kane was benched. No. I can't see it. No chance, I don't think. But Yeah, could be right. Um, Villa Man City, we've both gone 2-0 Man City. Popular Lawrence and scoreline. And then finally, Leicester West Brom, you've gone in heavy 4-2. What's, what's that, a Nacho hat-trick?
0: <laughs> I think there is going to be goals in this one. I think West Brom have, have got something a bit about them. They've finally managed to unlock Pereira, uh, and I think Leicester. Are, 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 I think you are right about Leicester. We talked about their defence last week. You said you didn't really trust them. I worried a bit about the makeshift nature of their first choice defence because they've so rarely played together all played together all season. And I think it's going to if Leicester are going to get top four, it's not going to come from resolute defensive performances. It's going to come from scoring scoring goals. Mm. So, yeah, I'm going to back Nacho. I'm going to back Madison. I think you've got, if you've got those players, I think if you've got like Castagna or Pereira, the clean sheets probably won't be there. But I think at wing back, they, they could do quite well as well going forward. It should be a good game. That one. Look
1: what Look, have done. Look, this, this one's for Gemma. Oh, look, no. 2-1 West Brom. She's celebrating again. A third consecutive win. What's going on? It's on. 2-1. I don't, I don't really
0: want West Brom to, to, you know, stop winning too much. Brighton aren't completely... No safe but But I
1: I do think Leicester can see goals at home we've seen it and the way West Brom are playing at the moment with some confidence Pereira's on fire absolutely on fire for them I mean he's the kind of player you should have looked at at some point this season you (laughs) should have kept him (laughs) yeah I know know. Yeah, it's crazy in fact you know when we look back at that Bruno um Sally going back to that where was it now it was it was crazy um yeah Pereira is the second highest scorer since game week 19 Behind 86 points, that is—it's crazy, isn't it—that he's done so well over that spell. And we we would never even been in the conversation, has he really? Um, no, so yeah. I
0: mean, I mean, I had—I had him in my in my game game with one team because every West Brom fan I I knew said how amazing he was. I watched a few matches of him last year. He was just like heads and shoulders, like one of the best players in the league. Absolutely brilliant. And he's a bit like. Um, Buendia of Norwich last, last year. It's like, well, where are you? Like D.L. with where are you, Buendia? You know, because you think they needed him. He, he barely played last year. I think Fark was just like, nah, I don't trust you for whatever reason. But you think if, if they if they had managed to unlock him in the same way that Allardyce seems to be unlocking Pereira now, they might have been able to give
1: it more of a go. Yeah, but I think with Buendia... He has got no end product whatsoever. That was his problem. Whereas I think Pereira does have it, right. Thank I think you so much. he's playing in that central <laughs> he's playing in that central role, isn't he? Behind he's he's moved in more central, a bit, um and big Sam's getting point, getting goals and assists out of him. And it's mm. yeah, it's good to see. Getting getting points. Getting Sorry, points out I, of him. I think no. I think we
0: need the soundbite.
1: What what I don't know what you mean? <laughs>
0: go, oh go on, give me a Dean Smith.
1: <laughs> no, 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 not yet. Um oh. Yeah, so I'll I'll go for shock Westbourne win in that game. But um yeah, hopefully something in it for Nacho and and Madison will be playing his way into your team with some returns in that. Maybe um, let's look at the captain decision. We've looked at the um, matrix already. Let's skip past that. Um, it's really difficult to look beyond Kane. You're surely not going to. Is a is a is a question for you. If you don't have Kane, would you take a four point hit to get him into captain him? Yeah, yeah. Of course you would. Yeah.
0: I mean, if, but realistically, if you haven't got Kane at this point, what like are you really even playing seriously? Like is like come on. It's yeah, if just, you if you, you haven't got you Kane him.
1: at this point, you're bot number three, six, four, five, one playing yeah, you know, as a slave computer playing FPL, aren't you? Picking Come on,
0: for the fixtures, the the, the golden boot, the, the goals he scored, the points he gets, double game week.
1: Yeah. Any game. active FPL manager surely is getting Kane in this week if they don't have yeah. him or has him already, you'd think. Um the yeah. the data points to options and Ian Nacho shows up well again. And and you know, we we did skirt over him a lot last week. He was top of our data. We expected goal involvement last week, and we we didn't really pay mind to it because we were looking at Salah. I was hellbent on Sterling, and lo, lo and behold, he got the two goals at West Ham and returned. So it's an indication that, again, we should forget the pricing, particularly you know, in the case of players like Iheanacho and Pereira, who are showing such strong form, and Lingard, of course, as well, and start just considering them as decent picks, which is why, the, you know, I do think in the last two or three game weeks, these are the kind of players you can look at. Lingard, Rafina, and Acho in particular as um, as players you can take a punt on. Just not this week, I don't think.
0: Mm. Yeah. I just want to give a shout out at this point uh, to someone who's in one of my mini leagues, Alex Doyle. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've done a lot of rough and smooths over the years on over at Fantasy Football Scout and on the Scoutcast. I have never seen a smooth quite like this before uh, let me just
1: you're <laughs> me nicking just... scout section though here aren't I you? are you are allowed for, to for, do for, this
0: for, for good cause for, for Alex Doyle right so he had Alonso captain I... and vice on Pereira so Alonso I hate doesn't him play <laughs> Alonso doesn't play Pereira comes in who comes in for Alonso though Dallas of course 17 points he then has Diaz guess who comes in for Diaz Holding. Iannaccio. Oh. 39 points in total from those from those two bench players, including his vice-captain.
1: Is he in your league, is he?
0: Yeah, well done, Doyle.
1: What, Good. Outrageous smoothery.
0: Absolutely outrageous.
1: Mm. Very well played. Um, yeah, so I, I think there are some, I mean, Salah away at Leeds. I mean, you predicted a, a win there for Liverpool, so you presumably think that Salah's going to be in the points. But yeah, this isn't but, the week to take a gamble on anyone other than Kane, surely.
0: No, the, the the only the only fixture that I like that I really like the look of is that Leicester is that Leicester game. Mm. I think Ian Acho is a good option this week, but I wouldn't gamble on it.
1: So what about Son over Kane? Because his data here doesn't really compare in terms of Minix per xgi over the season, non penalty two hundred and two point four compared to Kane on one hundred and fifty one point three, and even recently the gap is even wider, two forty eight point four versus. 128.1. But Son is not an XG player. You can't really use mm. the data to kind of assess him and, and the form he's in. Do you see those fixtures? I think is more to the point as being fixtures where Kane, where Son could come good. Southampton, of course, were the yep. opponent of game week two of the incredible four goal hall. He's not going to produce that again, but could mm-hmm. could Son be a differential captain?
0: Yeah, want. it could be, and I think if you're if you're in the kind of you know th- this is the kind of thing that, that Luke and I were talking about. I think if you're if you're top one k, it, it's and you and you really want to push, you know, maybe for the real high echelons. I think this is probably your chance to to go for it because I think pretty much everyone's going to go for Kane, and there's not a huge amount in it. I don't think, but the penalties for Kane, it's it's over mm-hmm. over a double game week as well. I just think there's 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 a high chance he's going to get something, and a high chance he's going to get a penalty in one of those two games, um, at least. And when there's not that much in it between two players, I, I'd favour the the one with with the insurance, yeah, as as Luke likes to say.
1: Yeah, and I think as we've revealed tonight, there are game weeks to come where you can try your arm yeah. a bit more. And I don't think this is this is one of the weeks. Just looking at the defences at play. You're right about the Leicester players because West Brom, over the season, their defence, uh, an xG every 51.7 minutes, they're the, they're the weakest on show from the, the candidates' opponents. Leeds are next, Newcastle after that. So, yes, yeah, Salah, Lingard, Iheanacho are all players who could very well come out of the game week with returns. And I also think United, a home to Burnley, will do well, as I've said. But you still, you still can't build a case to look beyond the double game week players in Son and Kane. Because of the they're assured starters in my book as well. So I think it'll be fun, aren't we? I think it's the end of discussion with the captaincy. But it's it's very very not very often that we we have that kind of situation. But it's a relief to me because I've cocked up the captaincy for the last two weeks. <laughs> so to actually have my mind made up for me is kind of welcoming. Um let's just look at our teams. Um so this is what you've given me so far. Um Template. <laughs> um, so, uh, Mendy, Trent, Reggie <laughs> on Cody, Salah Fernandez, on Jota, Lingard, Kane, Captain, Ian Nacho. That's as safe as houses, isn't it? That's, that looks pretty good, doesn't it?
0: I mean, this, there's no way that's getting a red arrow and you can put that on your Ooh. soundboard. <laughs> da yeah. I, don't, I don't think you can get that much stronger than that this week. And, and it's very, very, very rare that I look at my tape and think, and I get to save a transfer. Mm. So
1: even Cody looks good, didn't he? Home to Sheffield. Yeah, United. I
0: mean the, the bench has was difficult. I mean, Rudiger and Holding, I just thought, you know, let's let's not go for the double up. Um, Holdings had Europe. And I think you, you gotta favour. You've got to play Trent because of the attack returns. And yeah, Wolves are home to the worst team in the league. It's pretty safe. So yeah, it's really boring. I'm sorry, everyone. Regulon is my like my, my punt. <laughs> I'm not expecting huge amounts from him. But, yeah, I think I should have a pretty solid week. You're going to do
1: well, aren't you? I mean, what's your transfer? Have you made one? No, I'm not making one. Roll in the transfer as well. Roll in the transfer. Luxuries that you've got. Yeah, well, yeah, it looks good. I mean, I'm in trouble by comparison because I've got. I've got only 100 the, points in it between us now. I, I'm the pat, mild panic is setting in. Maybe that's just a vaccine. Maybe that's a side effect. Um, but, you know, Mendy, Alonso, Rudiger. If Brighton score, I'm in trouble. <laughs> right? If Alonso doesn't play, I've got Holding off the bench at home to Fulham. That's all right. But Calvert-Lewin's out. So that's not longer a yellow flag. That's a red one. So I'm already called in on the holding. So I'm going to need Rathena against Liverpool. And then it might come down to... If Alonso doesn't play, Dallas coming off the bench. I mean, what I, what can I expect from God. Dallas off my bench? I'm really barrel scraping there, aren't I? So, um, yeah. So I don't know. My transfer has got to be Sterling to Son, surely, right? That's that. Yep. Do I spend four to get Calvert Lewin to Cavani? Not sure I do. Not sure I do. I would. Would you? I'm toying yeah. with it. It is tempting because it is a good fiction. I'm backing United heavy win, but I don't I mean, know. It's just
0: Rob Holding isn't exactly the most sexy option coming off your bench, is it? For Cal- I mean, Cavallo isn't going to play, so you are going to be gay. Getting- I mean, maybe maybe go for Dallas. Just play Dallas. I don't goal- know. S- goal scoring wise, he's he's mm. you know he's he's not he's not a def- you're not playing a Leeds defender. You're playing a Leeds attacking mid, and, and Leeds against, defense, against a shaky Liverpool.
1: Yeah, Leeds defence has been strong at home, really strong recently. So it's not a given that Liverpool score. We hope and we expect them to, because we've both got Liverpool players. Have you got your wild card
0: left? Shh,
1: yes, why? <laughs>
0: What about Lacazette?
1: I, I, Lacazette. I, I, I can't afford Lacazette. I can't, actually, right. I can't afford Cavani anyway, because if I go Cavani no, to Cavani, <laughs> I don't have the money to go Son to Salah, and I've got to save the money for that. Right. So I can't do it.
0: I, d- I, would, I would just play
1: Dallas, I think. me, Right. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Um, we'll see. I'll announce on Twitter tomorrow the team sheets, the fancy team sheets, as we like yeah. to say. Uh, Black Box League, <laughs> uh, Nathan Joblin had a bad week, dropped down to 57 in the world. He got a 40-point game week. Bit of a bit of a catastrophe there, but I'm sure Nathan can pull it round. Torje Hegner, second. Um, he's on 2150, 10 points behind Nathan Joblin. Zoltan Vago 2145, and then it's Vegard Gnutsen at 2142. I love these Scandinavian names. There's someone called Connor Richardson. He never watches the show. I'm not going to mention him. What's happening, um, Connor? He's Paul slipping. Yeah. I know he's he's the the folk hero of the Black Box League, but um, he's slipping down. Oh, he's he's
0: going to take that. He's going to enjoy that. You saying that? Mm.
1: He'll
0: probably get a soundboard of you saying that. Just <laughs> play it. Play it at night.
1: Right. So our announcement. Um. Do you want to? Do you want to take this? Go on, you take this. Go on. God, You're
0: really, you're really building this up, aren't well, you? Well, it's
1: just a nice little thing. It's quite exciting. It's quite <laughs> quite exciting. But yeah. Well, we we we,
0: you know, you've come into the the kind of the Twitter sphere this season, um, and it's been quite interesting seeing how you've what you know watched loads of stuff. You know, you, you've you've absorbed more content, I would say, than you've ever have done before, and mm. the, you know, you've you've expressed how much you've you've listened to and watched and been kind of overwhelmed by it all. Um, and what what's really interesting is that there's obviously people out there who aren't exposed to any of it whatsoever, and they don't listen to any podcasts, and they and they you know they watch football. In fact, they're not even exposed to FPL. They just watch football. Can you imagine what that's like? I don't just watching football. Remember
1: what it's like. I, can you actually no. remember football before FPL? Yeah, I, I didn't enjoy it that much. I think you higher. know
0: FPL was was a, was a big way in for me getting getting into football but what happened my, my football journey was i my dad was really into it I, I was never that much into it i used to kind of watch it a little bit but when i was off to uni i thought if i want to make friends football's a great thing to bring people together you know you've the game of yeah. friends pub friends uni friends i've got so mm. many friends mm. uh so i kind of made the decision i wanted to, to start watching it more when i was kind of 17 and FPL was my kind of entry into that because I like the competitive nature of it. I like being able to pick my team and, and all, all that kind of stuff. Um, getting a bit sidetracked. Getting a bit sidetracked here. You are. You are. Um,
1: <laughs> it's a nice but, story.
0: Yeah, thank you. Um, but what's what's really interesting is is seeing what would happen to someone who who you know has a, may, maybe has a lot of knowledge about football or watch a lot of football and see what happened to them when they um, sort of come into this weird world that we've got and almost kind of documenting what that looks like. So the exciting announcement we've got is that next year we'll be doing something called the FPL Apprentice uh, and it's going to involve um, Mm. someone. The Black Box Apprentice. Black Box Apprentice. Oh, the Black Box Apprentice, sorry. Um, And what we're looking for is someone with no experience playing FPL, uh, someone happy to be on camera. So you'll obviously be talking to us. Um, They they watch football on a regular basis. um, They might know a little bit about stats and XG and all that kind of stuff. Uh, No presence in the FPL community. So a complete Nobody but someone who'd be happy to maybe enter into that, that world. So what we're thinking here is like, it is, it is people like my dad, it's people like, it's, you know, it could be your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, people who kind of maybe watch from the outside and go, what the hell are you doing? It looks quite interesting, but you know, I'm not really sure how to get into that. So if you know anyone that, that would be interested in doing this and it would be, you know, chatting to us, it might even be two. So Mark could have his apprentice and I could have mine. Th- th- could, that's the
1: scenario I think that we yeah, have one fight each them off against each other and see who's does best. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'd so be
0: a good uh, Sour Deep says, how do you find this person? We don't, we would like you to come to us. Um, you know, if you've got relatives, if you've got friends who might be interested in this, um, then, you know, get in touch with us. We'll probably arrange a, a, a meet, depending on how many, inter- how many people message. It might be that you do a short video for us, a kind of a proper apprentice style uh, interview. Um and yeah, and it'd just be someone who's kind of happy to come along for the ride. So there's no money in this; like, we're not paying people for this. We're not getting any money for this. There's no; it's purely if Alan purely Sugar's got just,
1: nothing to do with it.
0: Yeah, Alan Sugar is, is not involved. But I just think it's it's something that we that we think would be fun, and you know, it would be it'd be something that we we touch on on Black Box. We'd probably have its own little segment for it. So if you listen to this now and you've got to go, oh, that's not for me. I'm completely not interested in that. It's not going to take over what we do, but it's something that. I think we just add something a bit fresh and it's not been done, I don't think, before.
1: Yeah, and the other thing was we were talking about how to do kind of guides to FBL in the summer for people who haven't played it before. And we think this is a good way of doing it. If we can find one or two apprentices and we can do videos with them teaching them, taking them through the aspects of FBL, and then we've got that series out there for people who want to pick up the 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 ins and outs of playing. But I think what we want to do is expose these these people to elements of the FBL community as we go Mm. so we'll we'll introduce you know data and xg and stuff like that maybe after five to ten weeks maybe then we'll get them on fb or twitter and see how that affects them um so we'll introduce different kind of noise amounts of noise as we go and see what impact that has and where you know for all we know they could end up beating us um you know they could do very well so
0: it's going to be an interesting one so, some brilliant comments in the chat. People seem so really excited by this, which is great. Uh, Conor Richardson, our mate, uh, he says him. we should, he says we should start with 38 apprentices for fire one each game week. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't think we'll get that many applicants, but um, that's a great idea. idea. Great yeah.
0: idea. If it takes off, you never know ne- next year, the year after um, loads of people are saying Dean Smith would be perfect.
1: <laughs> I live in the real world, not the fantasy world. Yeah, so
0: he go. won't, he won't reply. Very good. Uh, that'd be really nice. Um, uh there was one more as well that I thought was amusing. Um, but I've lost it now. But yeah, that's it really. If if you do know anyone, then obviously the, the email address is apprentice at fplblackbox.com. dot com. Oh, that was the age restriction. Well I'd I'd say over six over sixteen. Yeah,
1: they've got to have a Twitter I'd, account, uh, yeah. haven't they? So I don't know what the restrictions on that are. Yeah. But, good question. Like, to get- we are we are gonna launch our website in the coming weeks and there'll be full details on on that on on this a bit more
0: when we've worked them out i I
1: thought we'd get it out there low before someone nicks an idea very similar because that was always a way that someone will come up with it and go and then we'll look like we're nicking it off them so i just think that let's get it out there and let's let's see if anyone comes forward and uh, nominates anyone of interest and then it's going to be a bit of fun for the summer because we're gonna do some videos with them hopefully some podcasts with them where they're going to learn about fbl with us and obviously you know they get well, one, a bit of coaching from us and all that. We'll see how, we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, mostly from your thing. I think well, one thing I said to you when we started was something that really interests me is doing more kind of FPL tutorial yeah, yeah. type videos. Because, I mean, you know, there's, I think a lot of the podcasts, if you don't know anything about FPL, they can be a little bit hard to, to enter into, especially if you, you know, you're suddenly presented with XG and all this kind of stuff. So it might, I think it'd be nice to have a series of videos with this person, which mm. are proper entry-level tutorials, which can then go to new players of the game and help them out.
1: Yeah, and I do love the idea of us having one each and seeing who can do better. Yeah. So, but so we'll see what we get.
0: We'll see. And when they beat us, they can take over. Yeah, that'll be that
1: be a disaster. But that could easily happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, let's see. Let's see what we get. Um, it might not come to anything, but we're putting it out there, and then we'll see if we can get a feature or a series of videos and podcasts out of this. It'd be quite fun, I think, next yeah. season to experiment with that and seeing how this noise, as we talk about influences the, their decision-making as, as they go as well. So there it is. It's out there at last. We can stop teasing Ooh. people with it and see see where it goes. Um, that's a, that's about it from us, I think, this week. We've we finished quite early. It's only an hour and 45. Mm. Look at that. How organised is that? Well,
0: it's um, pretty easy. Get Spurs, Captain Kane.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Next, See you next week.
1: <laughs> that's true. That is very true. Uh, would you like to do the smash and likey's?
0: I would all the ease this week, is it? Uh, yeah, we're fifteen hundred watching. Um, obviously, we know that Rope has been going on and Chatman, and all the stuff. So, thanks for tuning in. Um, be great if you could hit the like button right now. There's only one dislike this week, which is uh, oh. I think it's about four or five. But yeah, please uh, all hit the like button and make sure you're subscribed to the channel as well. Mark, I think we're going to stay on and do some some backstage yep. Q and As. I've had a
1: second wind, so I think talking you're about it right? with you has brought me round. Good,
0: yeah, good. So if you're interested in that, the after party will will commence in about five minutes. I'm going to grab another water. It's going to
1: be back on the beers, I think, next week. Um, but yeah, thank you all for listening uh, and watching and we will see you next week. Yeah, and one, one more thing, actually. I'm going to have to change a scenario next week. Um, shout out to Pete Wilkins, who runs Gaming Careers' um, YouTube channel. He's helping me put my studio together in the shed. So I'll be in the shed hopefully next week. And Pete, by the way, is in the last 128 of the FBL Cup. So we found wow. someone who's in the fire. what? He's still in it. He's still in it. He's got. He's still in the. No cup. way. Yeah. That's outrageous. That which is great. So we should follow him. If he wins this, he's in the last sixty-four. That'd be crazy, wouldn't it? And he's oh only started God. playing FBL this year as well. So um he, he's. Yeah, he, 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 what's, what's his rank? How's he doing? He's like nine thousand in the world in his first proper season. Done very oh, well, hasn't he? Ooh. Yeah, he would have been a. Great. He, he watches He watches this, but I don't <laughs> think that's helped him much. But I mean, certainly it'd be interesting to see if he can get, he's in our league, I presume, interesting to see if he can get any further in the cup, won't it? Because we only say him, weren't we, a few weeks ago, we don't know anyone who's ever done well in it. So, I'd be tempted to go all out for it. So would I. Oh, totally, wouldn't you? I Not think too, I would. Yeah. 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 So we'll follow Pete. And, and thanks very much, Pete, for your advice so far. I'll be in the shed next week, maybe. So look out for that exciting it's a good night (laughs) for me
0: good night everyone
1: Podcast Network.